0: This hour of Overdrive is powered by FanDuel. FanDuel, bringing you everything from the opening line to the final score.
1: All right, here we go. Overdrive, off and running. TSN 1050 on the TSN app, your home smart speaker. And up on TSN 2, Brian Hayes, Jamie Noodles, McLennan, and Dave Festjuk of the Toronto Star is back in here today. It's a Valentine's Day. It's beautiful outside. The O-Dog's off. He's under the weather today. Spoke with him this morning. It's legit. It's not a rat and verbatis situation. He's legitimately <laughs> nice. fighting it right now. Yeah, so I'm going to give wasn't. him a pass. I'm not going to say anything. I know he doesn't <laughs> grant me the same uh, opportunity whenever I'm sick. He buries me for three straight hours. But I'm a team player. I'm a foxhole guy. Right, Noodles? You know that. I'm I wouldn't, I'd never no. bury him.
0: No you're not going to kick a guy when he's down he's sick and not feeling well it's going around I'm a little bit stuffy if you can tell that i'm congested I've been back mm-hmm. and forth, but it's uh you got it's this time of year it's the weather changing all of that, and plus we're older now that's what it is. I feel like you're you know, my kids are they're germy little kids because they're at school, and you know, they're handing Germy little to kids
1: at school—that's well, well, what everybody's. You're kids you're are right. Kids. It's going yeah. around. And Dave, you got to play the role of Bobby McMahon today. Do you think you got it in you? Can you pull a Bobby McMahon and just oh, drive the yeah. show this afternoon? Yeah, like
2: just like Bobby. I didn't think I'd be in this seat today. I didn't think <laughs> I'd have the opportunity there to be doing what I'm doing, and and. If I can come up with a hat trick, heck, if I can have, like, a secondary assist here, I will be happy. I'm okay. like, I'm not going for the hat trick, fellas. But... Bobby Feschuk, I love Bobby it. Bobby Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's outstanding. Yeah, that that's exactly what we're dealing with today. So the O-Dog's off. Um, we're tracking what's going on down in Kansas City. Eerily, like, we talked about this yesterday, Dave. You and I were talking about this 22 hours ago. Yeah. The parade in 2019, the Raptors and Noodles, we were all yeah. there. We were at... Down at City Hall, right? Yeah. We're down at Nathan Phillips Square. We're waiting all day. They get there. Everything's kumbaya. And, you know, shots went off down there when, when we were downtown, and that was really panic-inducing. Yeah. Um. And it's, you know, a similar scene down in Kansas City. Um, in fact, worse, 10 people have been shot. One has died. That has been confirmed by the Kansas city police. And it was at the end of the parade and everyone got out of there and the parade abruptly came to an end. And it's just wild that we were talking about it yesterday, Dave. Yeah. Like having the same conversation about being at the parade when gunshots rang out and how scary that situation was. And I'm sure I know it was terrifying for people in Kansas city today. Scary.
0: Terrible. It's a really scary scene. I didn't know you guys. I mean, obviously you'd talk about it, but I never even thought of it. But I I just saw that it was trending like it's. We all had our own experience that day. Like I remember, you know, Hayes, you and I, we were kind of upstairs in that whatever that loft area. I remember ducking down behind a wall. People were yelling like, "Doc, get, get down, down get know, down," type of thing. Like, absolutely, scary, scary stuff. You know, it's just, yeah, it's, it's really, unfortunate, you know?
1: it it's, really is. I mean, it's it's a, the. Definition of a a celebration, civic pride, you know, as much of a gong show as it was, you know, for the Raptors parade because of the logistics. And they completely undershot the amount of people that were going to be down there. It was still, it was a beautiful day. It was celebratory. I remember walking over to where we were set up at City Hall because I had stayed at a hotel down there because I knew it was going to be a mess to get down. So I, I stayed at a hotel, like five minute walk. From City Hall, and I remember walking there, and there were people in the streets at 8 a.m. 8:30. 8 I was going to do the morning show, and people stopping me, saying, "Can you believe it? We, you know, we drove in from here, we drove in from there, we wouldn't miss it. Can't believe it." And it was just a day of celebration, and you know, it ended the way it ended. And uh, down in Kansas City, it' has been a very similar situation. So we'll, we'll try to keep you updated on any other news that might come out throughout the afternoon. But we referenced, you know, Bobby McMahon and the Leafs, and. I got to give them full credit. What a performance by the Maple Leafs last night. That that is as if you're a Leaf fan, that's as proud of a moment as you're going to get in the regular season, right? Like Marner's out, Tavares is out, Morgan Riley's out. There's illness running through the the room. People are freaking out. They're coming off a bad loss on Saturday and they had a phenomenal first period. They get the lead, they hold on to the lead, they expand on the lead. They yeah. give up, what, 16 shots? Yeah. Bobby McMahon's got a hat trick. Like, what a night down at Scotiabank yeah. Arena. It was amazing. I'm
0: suspecting That's what I – you know, I had my eye on it. I had to go back and watch it, and you're like, okay, that was just like a blanketing performance. Like, it started with his first goal. Like, that's a strong move to the net. Yeah. And you're like, okay, go attack the blue paint. You know, St. Louis, like, even when St. Louis tried to get anything going, they just were blanketed. Like, you know, it was a combination of a perfect performance by the Leafs and kind of a a night where, you know, maybe the Blues had won six in a row on the road. They just didn't have their A game, and they just like, nah, we're not fighting through this because the the Leafs aren't giving us an inch out there. So it was. I I thought it was just a a really top to to bottom solid performance. The goalie wasn't too taxed. You know, the the big players didn't have to like, you know, steal the game for you. Like, and for me, I I thought it was a fantastic performance from the group.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it was, really was. It Perfect. really was, and it you know it. You know, I heard Sheldon Keefe talking about what he was expecting uh, the day before, right, after practice, because we were, everybody was aware that Morgan Riley wasn't going to be there. Nobody knew that Mitch Marner and John Tavares were going to pull the shoot late Will Illness, but but uh, Keefe made a point about, you know, Timothy Lilligren playing in the first pairing, and he said something to the effect of, you know, when you play more, sometimes you think less. You know, speaking of maybe Tim- Timothy Lilligren overthinks things a little bit out there, has the occasional brain cramp, and... But with this team, guys, I almost feel like when we expect less, they give us more. Mm-hmm. And this is just another in a line of many, many examples of when we kind of write them off when we don't think they really are going to be able to do it, here they come. They say, watch this. Right.
1: Well, that's exactly what I was thinking watching the game, and I think any Leaf fan would have been. It, it actually is the most predictable outcome, that there's all this panic-inducing, News coming out before the yeah. game. Obviously, we knew Riley wasn't going to play, but the suspension news came down around 6.30, and at the same time, Marner and Tavares are out, and you hear news other guys are sick. I guess Nylander was one of them because he didn't even practice today, and they go out and probably put together their best team performance of the year, and it is one game. Like I don't think you can make a mountain out of a molehill, but what does it say? Like, about their philosophy, their identity, that you take three of the core five out and they play like that. Like, maybe it was going to happen anyway. Maybe it's a coincidence. I'm sure we'll find out on Thursday when Philly's in town. I assume Marner and Tavares will return. Um, But that hasn't happened much, you know, over the course of the last five years where three of the big boys were out at the same time. And for them, and I didn't think again. Matthews and Nylander played great last night. Like Nylander scores a goal, but Matthews, you know, I think he picked up a secondary assist, I believe. But I thought last night it was about depth. I thought Max Domi had a great night, played a lot of minutes. Tyler Bertuzzi is so snake bitten right now; it's scary.
0: Yeah, he he not score. Bennington made a great save, but like, but that wasn't the the only
1: chance, though. Noodles, (laughs) he had a bunch of chances around the net he cannot score right now but i thought he was he played really really well last night defensively they were sound they were they simplified things i thought sheldon keith maybe i'm wrong but after the game was as as relaxed as i can recall him i'm watching it after the game on Sportsnet. i'm like he is just and he's he'll stand up there and answer questions he doesn't run from anything mm-hmm. like sheldon will stand up there and he's not Pulling a Tortorella or a Babcock, where he answers one question and leaves, and there was no reason right. to do that. He was proud of his team last night. I'm sure he was in a good mood. He deserved to be, but I just found his his energy post game was really refreshing. And I don't know, like yeah. I, it's it could just be a one off, or it could be a sign of, you know, the the power of the core four, core five, when they're there, it's their show. And it always has been, and the organization has always been beholden to this philosophy that we're going to win because of these guys, Mm -hmm. and that's why we're going to win. And all of a sudden, three of the five aren't there, and the other guys are like, all right, we'll step up, and we'll play with physicality and speed and pace and defensive soundness. And that's the result you get last night.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I almost feel like, guys, sometimes the best players, they set the tone, they set the example, for good or for bad and, and largely it's for good with this team and when it comes to Morgan Riley being out since we saw them go on that incredible 15 game run last year where he had the sprained MCL and they went 12-2-1 when he was gone it's almost as though they without Morgan around the risk taker the, the the flashier of all their D the guy that likes to jump into the rush without him they all sort of realize that yeah we're not doing that we're just going to make the simple plays we're just going to we're going to play really sound defense. We're not going to try and hit home runs. We're going to try and hit singles. And suddenly, you get a coach that looks relaxed because he hasn't been on tenter hooks all game, wondering what the hell these guys are doing, trying stretch passes and trying to jump into rushes they shouldn't be jumping into and pinching when they shouldn't be pinching because they just played common-sense hockey.
0: And, and they played simple hockey. That was straight-line hockey. It was speed. It was physicality. You're right. Like There, there are scenarios where, and, and all of those players... Who were given opportunities last night for expanded roles, they seized the moment. Like you, you say, you know, you go to a McMahon, you go to guys like that, Domi, and say, "You know, we we, we need more from you tonight." Or you don't have to say it. You go, "We're gonna you're going to get the ice time, go earn it," type of thing, and they did. And it was, you know, sometimes you write players that we we'll call them, you know. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. Lesser lesser players will defer to the big big players. That's just what it is. Like, you know, I knew it as a player who were the star guys in the dress room. You defer to the guys who are stars. When they're not there, you just got to play. You're basically matching up against other teams. Going, okay, that's my guy. I'm, I I got to play here, regardless of who's in the lineup. They did a good job. You're right. It's it's one game, so let's not get too crazy. But mm. it it's a good template to show. Okay, if if somebody's missing. The world doesn't fall apart. You still got to play the game,
1: right? I, I guess what I would hope happens out of last night is the lesson isn't as much directed to the rest of the roster. The message is directed towards the star players, like when you when you return. And of course, they're going to return, and you want them to return, obviously. But maybe simplify your game, right? Maybe em, em, emphasize that we're in it to win it, as opposed to in it to rack up whatever, or you know, make sure you play so much ice time. And a lot of that's based uh, is coaching too. Let's you can't let Keith completely off the hook. Keith obviously plays his best players like every other coach, right. and you know accepts more of a kind of high wire type act when the best players are on the ice. And as a result, you know it can't have a ripple effect, and maybe the other you know, I guess supporting cast they can't keep up with that. So it, it it probably is an age old question in pro sports like wh- which way do you go here do you do you lean into your stars and say it's on you guys to figure it out or do you rely on your stars to say you know we're going to have to simplify things and obviously when you get an opportunity to do what you do best do it yeah but yeah. i i would like to believe you walk out of again one game and say the, the best chance to win is to solidif- is to simplify things defend play with some pace play with some physicality and if you do that consistently over time, everyone's going to be happy.
2: On, on, the, yeah. flip side, on the flip side, Hayes, you could make the case. Nobody makes $11 million, $12 million, $13 million a year playing simple. Yeah. You've know, you got to play a little complicated right. to set yourself apart in this league. But that's why they already got
1: the money, though. Dan. Oh, I know. Like, that's the I know, thing. But I, they got I, to
2: justify I, it.
1: Well, I guess. But I, my argument, and I think the frustration in, in Leafs Nation forever, has been the justification is to win. Yeah. That's the justification. I don't care if Austin Matthews doesn't score a goal the rest of his career. If he wins the Stanley Cup, he's getting his number ger- uh, retired and he's getting a statue outside the building. You know, obviously you're going to need him to do that in order to win it. Right. But I think there is like we've been talking about it with McDavid all year. It's what have, what have we been, you know, saying about him all year? Obviously, he's going to put up numbers. Last night was insane. Got Great. six assists on five-on-five <laughs> five assists last night.
0: It was ridiculous.
1: And you it need that. Awesome. And last night turned into a gong show. I think even Edmonton would say they give up a lot of shots. They give up goals. It didn't it was, well. yeah. They did play well. Exactly. That was closer to the early parts of the year, everyone going for it. And, and that's going to happen sometimes. But yeah. you, I think you can have your cake and eat it, too, and ultimately – This is what we keep talking about with this team. Like, What is the priority? Is the priority to prop up four or five guys to be the four or five greatest players ever, own every statistic, or is it to win? And I'd like to believe at some point the players will say, we've made our money, we've all been all-stars, we've got our awards. If this is what we have to do a little bit differently to help the team, let's do it.
0: It's you know you you make a great point. I had somebody say this to me a while back, but it's it's just kind of what you're you're kind of pointing to. And I you know I'll just say it like he said when you look at the Leafs, there's basically five corporations. There's the four players and then the Leafs. And he said like within that dress room, that each guy is their own entity, and that's what you have to you know migrate you know work your way through. And I thought that was interesting because, you know, these guys are such larger – like, Austin Matthews is larger than – Absolutely. He's a superstar. Just like like, McDavid, McKinnon. Right, like these guys. But but it's how you work within the dressing room and how the the team works together. So I'll come back to your point, Brian. You know, maybe it's more of a message to the big boys watching that last night from the sidelines going, you know, the guys trucked along here, played a system, played hard, played straight-line hockey, and they had success, and they looked really good. And the the game looked – Borderline simple for them. Like it looked like an easy win
1: for they them. They gave last up night. nothing last night. Yeah, like Feathers. they really.
0: You know, like, maybe that's the formula that they do need to have. You know,
2: I totally agree. But I, if I'm in one of those four corporations, those four players with the four different agents who've kind of competed for the four biggest contracts on the team, I would make this case. Hey, hey, Tree Living. Guess what? If you get some support players that can score once in a while a la Bobby McMahon getting the hat-trick last night, maybe we wouldn't have to do so much. Maybe we wouldn't have yeah. to score 60% of the goals, and maybe we'd win more games because a big part of this, let's not kid ourselves here, a big part of the storyline this year, it hasn't been so much about defensive soundness, although that's obviously a problem, and the defensive core is noticeably, you know, just demonstrably worse than it was last year, but it's also been about the, nobody else is scoring, mm-hmm. that it's only the top yeah. four guys scoring Suddenly it doesn't, you know, it doesn't, the storyline changes and it's a new guy scoring and everybody's like, holy crap, you mean somebody other than the top four guys on this team can actually have a great game? We haven't seen it enough.
1: No, you, that's yeah. valid. And, you know, that is a part of it last night. You're you're probably not going to get a Bobby McMahon hat trick again, <laughs> likely yeah. ever. You know, I mean, it was, <laughs> it was a scenario where two hours before the game he wasn't playing. Um, so, yeah. I mean, it's an incredible feat. It was really cool. I love that they had him on the ice at the end um as he should be oh yeah you you got to put him in that situation you have to but um yeah it's just it's a there's always these different kind of existential conversations revolving around this team and everyone's got a different answer on on how it should work how it could work what has to change what they need to do the same and i'm i'm certain keith and company are constantly discussing all of that And I'd like to believe, and I'm sure it's the case, the players are thinking about that themselves. Like, how do we have the ultimate success? I have no doubt they all want to win. Of course, they want to win. um, But they haven't been able to find a way to consistently look like a winner this year. And we know their playoff history in the past. Um, So, at a minimum, it was a really positive night. And the question becomes, you know, how do you roll it over? you got Philly in town tomorrow. Um, And Owen Tippett will join us of the Philadelphia Flyers. Owen Tippett coming up just after 5. Ray Ferraro will join us this hour, too. Nice. Get Ray's take on, you know, what he made of the Leaf game last night. McDavid, again, with six assists. Um, Again, all of them 5-on-5,
0: which is like
1: no power play assists last night.
0: His last two were actually the most ridiculous ones. He had the Kane goal, the spinorama. Like the Savardian spinorama where he threw it to Kane, and Kane's like, okay, I'll just put that in the net. And then with like two minutes left in the game, like this, or Joe from the Bridge is showing that. Look at the spinorama. Wow, that's crazy. Like,
1: incredible. Nice defense by Detroit, though. Like, what well, is the I mean, one defenseman doing? You're
0: just, <laughs> I mean, that's Sider. He's trying to go, okay, I'm going to force him outside, but you're, everyone's just guy, watching. The oh, guy watching front. Kane. That's Walman What's in front. Yeah, Walman like, on
1: like, Kane. It's like, what do you think you're he's doing? He's
0: backing that? out. He actually opens the door for Kane to skate right through the middle there. Right. But the other, the last one goes in off of R&H's skate. But I think everybody in the building thought McDavid's going to shoot that. And he just like turns and fires it back door. It was like this most ridiculous. Like R&H didn't even react. He was like, what the hell was that? It was the eighth goal, too. Like, right. uh, what's he doing on the ice with two minutes? <laughs> I know. Like, exactly. you know what I mean? like,
1: it. was a panorama for an 8-4 goal. It
0: was just ridiculous. Uh, but again, like I didn't, if you, if you looked at that game, like the Oilers didn't play very well. The second period, Stuart Skinner kept them in. Like you talked about it, Brian. Like mm-hmm. there were some old habits creeping in. And and I think uh, Chuck Knobloch, Chris Knobloch, uh, yeah. said after the game, he goes, We had more turnovers in that game than we had in January, which is a wow. pretty damning statement, which yeah. they did. They they were.
1: Yet they you know, found not a way to sharp. put eight past Detroit, which is. What does that say about the Red Wings? You uh, know, their situation last night. Um, yeah. But, again, Detroit's been a good story, and and they've been a good team this year, and and they're still in a playoff spot right there with the Leafs. Uh, But there was a lot that came out of last night. Again, Tampa goes into Boston. They win in a shootout. Um, Phil Kessel is getting linked to Vancouver. Phil's in Abbotsford, B.C. right now, skating and working out.
0: I would pay money for, like – what is it, like one of those live shows or whatever, body cam like like whatever it is, like yeah. Big Brother or whatever? Cam on. Twenty four hour cam on Phil Kessel right now. I agree. While he prepares to come back to the NHL.
1: The best con that would be incredible content. Phil's like march back into the NHL where he'd still he'd still have the Iron Man streak, would he would wow. does that count? Or like, I, think I don't they're know saying, the logistics of it. I
2: think they're saying it's going to count, but it, I mean you can argue whether or not it should count.
1: Right, Right. I mean, it's not consecutive. He hasn't missed games due to injury, but on
0: paper, on paper, because the games that he's under contract to play, he plays, correct? But he's not under contract right now. So, I just would like to see it. I don't know. Vancouver is like, hey, we're having a great season. Come, you know, let's see. Like that would be a freebie if you can get him at what seven fifty. You just add him in as a free player and like, like that.
1: That's what I it would be. Know. I mean, he's not going to play in the playoffs unless you're, you're like, deep into injuries or something. I right. think it would be a scenario where it's – listen, this is how – it's full circle. Like, Phil is a Stanley Cup-winning veteran. Yes. He has won three cups in his career. He's got a history with Jim Rutherford, obviously, from his days in Pitt. And yeah. everyone you talk to loves Phil Kessel. Like, they're, yeah. they're all like – Phil's a good guy. He loves hockey. He loves it. Like, he could have, he's got tens of millions of dollars. He could retire, never play again, never worry. He just wants to keep playing. Um, I have immense respect for that, and I find him hysterical. Thanks, (laughs) eh? The idea of a Phil Presser in Vancouver in a Canadian market is something I absolutely support. Um, But Ray's out there. Ray's closely linked to the Canucks. We'll we'll see what Ray Ferraro has to say about Phil Kessel possibly stepping into a, Very successful dressing room. Good
3: one, Randy.
2: Good one. So
1: his take on Phil, his take on McDavid last night. What does he make of the Leafs winning with three of their five best players out of the lineup last night? Ray Ferraro coming up. uh, Owen Tippett coming up. Keegan Matheson is down in Dunedin. Pitchers and catchers reported. We'll get into it with Keegan. Overdrive continues. TSN 1050 n on TSN 2. Overdrive continues. Brought to you by FanDuel, bringing you everything from the opening line to the final score. Brian Hayes, Jamie Noodles, McClennan Dave Festjuk of the Toronto Star. Got a text with New- uh, with O actually to get our our picks for for the Genesis because we're oh, supposed yeah. to do that today with Tiger returning. Right, Tiger was out there doing his pro am. I think he's speaking with the media right now or in the next you know half an hour and uh so maybe we'll have to reveal that noodles maybe you can play the role of oh we'll figure that out
0: all right he can yeah i mean if he's feeling all right he can text me or something and i can yeah i can be the voice of O.
1: he's you know? he's probably watching he's snuggling and watching and you know sniffling and he's, he's 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 gonna be back tomorrow i know it i i feel good about that all right. um but yeah we'll we'll get to our picks uh, a little bit later this afternoon and pascal siakam making his return tonight and it you know, happens to coincide with what we were talking about a lot yesterday. My eyes are on Scotty Barnes more than anyone else tonight. I got to see how he responds. I I think he's got to have an effort tonight, got to have a night tonight. Um, But Siakam, you know, it's we just went through Van Vliet, who didn't play. Fred was injured. Um, They were down in New York, seeing OG Ananobi. And and I think what we've learned in the past is, like, you have the first return, and then that's – it. You know, it's not that you don't have like the media's big into it, people want to talk, and Siakam's a really well-liked guy. It's not that people aren't going to be excited to see Pascal for probably the rest of his career. Mm -hmm. He's going to have an impact on the city. But the big build-up, the video, the emotion, the how does it feel, like it's once. And it's tonight, and then you move on. Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I think, I'm sure he's going to get a really warm welcome. I mean, as much as there were some rocky times in the wake of the championship when they handed him the max contract, and maybe he wasn't ready for it. He certainly talked about how he wasn't even sure that he was the guy when they gave him the deal. Um, you know, I think that's water under the bridge because I think people remember a couple of things. They remember the title. They remember his role in it. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that performance in game one of the, of the finals against the Warriors, man, 32 points on 14 for 17 shooting. I mean, that that was a monumental yeah, moment in franchise history where it was like, hey, everybody thought – the Raptors are going to get you know beaten by the Warriors. Everybody thought this thing was like a, a coronation of this dynasty from Golden State. Hang on. Here's a team with Kawhi Leonard, and not just Kawhi Leonard. How about this guy, Pascal Siakam? It was kind of his welcome-to-the-world moment, because I don't know if a lot of people knew who the heck he was. Uh, certainly the casual fan didn't know who he was outside of Toronto. And no, he announced himself states. loudly.
1: Yeah, he right. did. I mean, he had a great season. That was a coming out season for him. He was really good the whole year. But you're right. I mean, that that game one in particular, we were both in the building. He couldn't miss. Like, he could not miss. And he was hitting shots from all over the place. And um, yeah, we'll see. It'll be an emotional evening, I'm sure, with, with Siakam in town. And if he remains in the East, like, we think, I think he'll probably re sign in, in Indiana, I think.
2: It's heading that way. Yeah,
1: and we're going to see him, you know, a couple of times a year. Where with Van Vleet, Kawhi, you know, different story. Um, right. All right, Ray Ferraro coming up here in, in just a moment, his take on the Leafs win last night. You know, without three of their, their five best players, Philly um, in town tomorrow, Phil Kessel is linked to the Vancouver Canucks. I think it's a good thing if Phil's back in the game.
0: Uh, it's good for the game. I'm I want Phil you, Kessel I playing. I think it would be great.
1: I want yeah. him in the NHL, and I think it's great. And as Joe from the bridge pointed out in our text train, like he's got a real connection to Rick Tockett as well, right? Yeah. Tockett was the assistant coach down in Pitt for those Stanley Cup runs. So it's not just Jim Rutherford; it's also Rick Tockett. And it's on Phil, you know, to prove that he's in he's in shape and he's still got it. And you know, the wheels fell off for him down the stretch with Vegas last year, but he was still on that team. Still got himself a ring, right? Yeah. And, played like
2: he only played like four he, playoff games, I
1: think. Yeah, he barely yeah. played. Yeah, he barely played. But still, he was there, and by all accounts, everyone loves Phil. Um, Here's Ray Ferraro, our uh, TSN and ESPN hockey analyst. Are you rooting for Phil in
3: Vancouver, Ray, or what? How can you not root for Phil? (laughs)
0: Like,
3: like, you know what I love? I I saw some story that said, you know, he's been working out at home. Like, I would just love to get the paper with the – you know, scripted out workouts that Phil, like, what could they be?
1: (laughs) That's a great question. It's a great question.
3: Brian, I'm just thoroughly entertained by the thought of Phil skating at a community rink, you know, trying to stay in shape or do whatever. And he he has got a crazy great reputation with his teammates. Like, everybody seems to love the guy. I I don't know if he can play anymore. If if he can keep up to the pace, I I guess he practiced today with Abbotsford in the American League, and you know the, it's a lot different practicing as opposed to skating around by yourself. And I I guess between drills there was you know there was some wind being pulled into the lungs there, right? So like, <laughs> but it would be the same for most anybody. That's I mean it's February, right?
0: Well, Ray, I I said when we were talking about it in the last segment, like this should be a pay-per-view. Like this should be – if you put a body cam on him or had him followed, if this were like a big brother with cameras all over him for – as long as the comeback takes, him in Abbotsford, like from the minute he gets out of bed to the minute he goes to bed, like what is his day going to look like? His march back to the National Hockey League – that would be a pay per view that would make millions and millions of dollars.
3: Well, yes, because Noodles, you've been to Abbotsford. Yes, I have. Correct? Yes. That's that's not downtown Vancouver. No. So that's like that's ninety minutes away and as he's driving out there, you know, picking up his gear and driving out there, he must have been going, Where am I going? <laughs> like wh- where where am I like it's a long way and Abbotsford is a suburb like a it's a, it's a long suburb away and so like literally it'd probably taking 90 minutes to drive there and the distance 90 you know from Abbotsford to Vancouver is not the same as from the American League to the NHL especially with the way the team is um, the way that they want to play which is really fast and really aggressive and they have a long history with phil um it's a free look it works it works it doesn't it doesn't there's there's nothing really to it's not even a gamble it's just what what if it what if he could come in and get you i don't know five goals in a in eight to ten minutes a night and on your second power play like what if he could do that like is that a valuable piece is it give you one more option to, you know, to look at if you're the Canucks. And why not? It literally does not cost them anything to bring him in.
1: I love it. Yeah, we're all rooting for Phil Kessel. Get Phil back in the NHL um, with Ray Ferraro. So obviously you're aware of the the circus-like atmosphere in Toronto the last three or four days. Um, with you know Morgan Riley and his suspension, and everyone knew he was going to miss last night, and then the news breaks that he's suspended for five games, and it coincides with Mitch Marner and John Tavares being announced as also out. So three of their five best players, three of the five guys who are out there on power play one for basically two minutes every time they get a power play, they're you know three of their five highest scorers, three of their five highest paid guys. You know the. The philosophy with the Leafs, it's been build around these guys, commit to these guys, keep going back to the well. So when the three of them are out, there's a lot of intrigue. Like, how's it going to look? And I think they played their most complete game of the season last night. And they were defensively sound. They were physical. They played with pace. Like, How do you put the two and two together, right? What do you make of the performance considering the absences last night?
3: Well, you can – I think you can always – wallpaper over major absences for a real short period of time like like it could happen for one or two or three games absolutely and then all of a sudden you're like wait a minute like it's not it's not sustainable in this fashion that's number one number two is the guys that go in they have no choice but to play a certain way because that's what they are like they're they're not going to be tricking around with the puck. They're not going to be dangling up the ice. they got to push it forward. The only way you can push it forward is to play fast because you push it there and then you got to go get it. And then when you get there, they're more physical guys most often because they don't have the skill of the other guys. So they're going to run into somebody. And and the, the opponent last night was perfect for them because that's not a high pace high skill team that's a blue collar work team so the matchup i think last night was really quite good for them and they did play they played great Mm -hmm. they 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 played great so the the problem is to think that excuse me that if people think well when those guys come back they can adopt this style of play like do you think all of a sudden the three guys that go back in are going to chip the puck up the boards and start running into people. Like, that's not how they play. Yeah, no, that's, so it's, that's you a fair find point, this right? Marriage, right? You got to find this marriage as best you can because at, at the end of every year, there is a, while it's always different how the teams meander their way through the playoffs, it looks pretty similar once it gets to the end. Like, if you can't go fast, if you can't battle and fight and claw and scratch for all these loose pucks because they get harder and harder to win a 50-50 puck each month that goes by, if you can't do that, eventually you're going to peter out. I mean, why did Florida make it as long as they did last year? Because they fought every loose puck like it was life and death. And as it turns out, that seems to be the type of team they've built because they're doing it again now.
1: Well, that's what I guess we're wondering here. It's one game. You have to preface that it's what you can't make a mountain out of a molehill. It's one game, like you you said. It's it was a perfect matchup, perfect world. Bobby McMahon comes out of the Raptors and scores three. I just wonder if there's a lesson even for Keefe in terms of like the minutes being distributed last night. It was it was pretty even, like more so than I can recall at any point this year. And I think when you have those guys available, specifically the forwards, like you know, it's the modern game, Ray. As you know, it's like Matthews is playing 24. Like, Marner's playing 23, and Tavares can play 21 if there's a bunch of power plays. Like, is is there anything Keith, I guess, can take out of, like, the effort, the play, the performance, the consistency that maybe he can use to try to get that message across that you just said? you got to marry the two, because the guys that are usually dancing at the end, those teams, they look eerily similar every single year, and it's not really what we've seen out of the Leafs in the past.
3: Well, I think the biggest... The biggest challenge would be if if you want to squeeze the minutes on the top guys down so they can play at a higher pace, you're gonna need somebody else to score once in a while. And take a look at that bottom six and yikes. There are there are some goal droughts in that bottom six that are mammoth. And like why all of a sudden would you squeeze those top end minutes And then put a bunch of guys that have got one like, what's Bertuzzi got one goal in twenty nine games, like you can't put them on the ice more, until they score. Like if if they had, if they could get just a little bit from the bottom end of their roster, you could squeeze the minutes a little bit. I'll give you an example. So of course I watch the Canucks a lot. Um, So their third line is Teddy Bluger. Dakota Joshua and Connor Garland. It is a fabulous line, amazing. They've had an amazing year. <clears throat> on the road trip, they won the first game in Carolina. Then all of a sudden, they're one one and one. They they go into Washington on Sunday afternoon, like before the Super Bowl, and Pedersen doesn't really, you know, like it's not really a great game. Miller's kind of, Miller scores, but. Like, it's a muddy game, right? It's one of those sluggish games. Well, they can afford to play those guys 15 minutes that night because they have a reasonable expectation they're going to get goals from somewhere else in the lineup. And Toronto just, I think that's one of their biggest challenges is they just really don't have those options or those possibilities. They have not sprung their head up yet, and they they need those guys to score a little bit. If
2: you want to do what we're talking about, well, Rafe, no doubt that you know Tree Living and Sheldon Keith and everybody else in the organization—they're all crossing their fingers that in some of the cases you're talking about, the luck is going to change. And talking about Bertuzzi in particular, I mean, what do you see there? Because we've been watching him very closely, and as Hayes said off the top of the show, like he's clearly snake bitten. Like he's got six goals. I think if you look at the expected goals, I think I'd probably get banned from the show from using that <laughs> phrase, but, but the expected goals, folks, will tell you you're supposed to have 13 or 14 and he just doesn't have them. But what do you see there and what would you recommend being a guy who's scored your share in the league to a guy who's struggling to get his share?
3: Sometimes your year just sucks. Like, you can give me expected goals all you want and sometimes the puck just never goes in for you this year. It just doesn't. And right now it looks like, because it's not like he doesn't get any chances, but the chances he gets, he either doesn't hit the net or he doesn't score. And now I'm, I'm, I think I'm right. It's one in 29 or something like that. Mm -hmm. No matter what else that you do, you know that it's one in 29. You press, you stress, you try to find another way to score. Tyler Bertuzzi is not a gifted goal scorer. He's a guy that has scored, but that doesn't mean you're a gifted goal scorer. So some guys need two shots, and they seem to score every second or third or fourth one, and you're like, you know, it doesn't happen all year, but you go, holy smokes, man, he doesn't need many chances, and it's in the net. Bertuzzi's um, going to have to be a volume chance guy because the puck's not going in the net for him. The problem is, if it never goes in the net, how do you get any volume? Because it's really hard to play more minutes if every time you come off the ice, there's a zero there. That he does not have, he does not play with great pace, um, you know. So you've sometimes, like last year in Boston, he looked like a terrific fit there. It just doesn't. It hasn't looked right for months. Whether he was with Matthews or Tavares or Nylander or Marner, it didn't really. There just didn't seem to be a fit that looks comfortable. And I think that's the that's my eye test is sometimes it just looks comfortable, it looks like it's gonna work, and then you expect it to work. He looks like he's paddling upstream most of the time. And it's um I I've had years like that and Noodles, I'm sure you did when you were in net where everything yeah. is a fight. And you're like, holy man, nothing, nothing works very easily right now. And that's that's exactly what I what I see. No matter what he does, he is just it is gonna be a grind for him. Um you can wait and hope and cross your fingers and all that stuff that maybe uh you know maybe you catch a little bit of a heater, but it's it's um it's as much a mental thing as anything else, like just to not beat yourself up because he can score. He can provide offense. It has just been kinda of stunning to watch really.
1: Yeah, it's been really from the, the hop of the season. Again he's got he's got six goals on the season and, and McDavid had six assists last night on his own <laughs> uh, which is probably kind of what you're talking about other guys in the league are like man I'm feeling it I can't get on the game sheet and this guy goes out and puts on an absolute clinic last night
3: man and did he corks through Moritz cider oh last man day. that's a good defenseman he had him a... when you're facing the end boards as a defenseman I think that's probably not great
1: I made a junior career out of that Ray. I know <laughs> I know it's not great like that is terrifying When you're looking at the fifth row and the pucks in the net, it is not a good feeling. But, I mean, I feel like we've been here before. I remember early January he had a couple of games, you know, back-to-back. Right before the break he had. He had a five-pointer and a four-pointer, I think, before the All-Star break. Um, And, you know, we kept having conversations about it. Like, is he going to catch Kucherov? Is he going to catch McKinnon? And it was more about, like, Kucherov and McKinnon I don't think are going to slow down, which I don't believe they will but now all of a sudden he's 10 points back of McKinnon, 13 back of Kucherov, and he's got, like, 30 games. I don't know, right? Like, how do you handicap the chances of this guy winning the Art Ross again?
3: Well, so if – I think Kucherov is – I think Kucherov's going to be as big a threat as any because he seems to be at another level this year, even though Tampa is not the team they were, it seems any time they score, him or Point got something to do with it, and more likely than not, Kucherov's got something to do with it. Mm-hmm. But I just, if if McDavid gets a couple more of these three- and four-point nights, there's, there is a momentum to a season. Just like Bertuzzi's got negative momentum, McDavid's momentum is like, who is going to stop him? Like, how are you going to get a handle on him? What if he slows down and only gets two points a game? Is, is that going to be enough? You know, like, will he run out of road? Because I'm with you. I think McKinnon and Kucherov are in for, you know, big totals this year. Like, it's not like they're going to all of a sudden average a half a point a game. They no, play man. too much, they're too good. I, I don't, I'm going to say no, he can't catch them. But I say it with very little conviction.
1: Right.
0: Yeah, I on the other end. Like I was thinking about this. L.A. gets spanked last night, uh-huh. and you know it's ugly. It's one of those nights because they had played very well against Edmonton the other night. They go into Buffalo. Buffalo just you know puts a touchdown up. But do you think that any of these teams that are circling a goaltender are a goalie away from being you know not maybe a cup contender for sure, but just that's going to put them over the top. And I, I, I say Carolina, I say um, Jersey. Jersey, and I th- say L.A. Because, you know, everyone's been talking about Markstrom or Mackenzie Blackwood. Like, Markstrom's a different animal because I think Markstrom, if you look at his stats, they're, they're top three to five this year and expect the goals, all of that. He's having a career season. But yeah. you look at L.A. Do you think LA's a goalie away from being, you know, a cut above – Vancouver, Edmonton, Colorado, Winnipeg, Dallas. Who else am I missing there? You know, I'll, Vegas. I'll, I'll, Vegas. Vegas.
3: Yeah. You know. You know what, Koodles? I uh, excuse me. At the start of the year, like the first month or two, I would have said yes. Right. Yeah. they their problems now are like they're multi-layered. Now it's not just like you know they. have They've gone away from Talbot. It's David Riddick in goal. I assume Talbot will play next game since Riddick started and got ventilated last night. But it, it just, it feels like they've just, they've lost it. If there's one position that that can change, it's a goalie, of course, where, you know, I think back to when Minnesota was struggling. They had nobody in goal and they just took a flyer on Devin Dubnik. And all of a sudden their whole season changed. Yeah, And so I think LA's pretty good. I thought they were better and I didn't think they would be in the boat that they're in right now, but <clears throat> they don't have any cap room. It's going to be hard to get a goalie without, you know, you got to, you got to give away players because you need the money to get off your cap. I, I think they're in a tough spot. I'm really surprised too, because I thought that was going to be a good team.
1: Mm-hmm. I really did. Well, um we're a few weeks away from the deadline so the race is on i guess we'll see what comes of it uh always appreciate you doing this buddy we'll do it ag- again soon and uh happy valentine's day
3: oh thanks happy valentine's day too i hope uh i hope you guys were right on it uh you know this morning with cards and gifts and flowers and oh yeah chocolate.
1: i'm not i'm not kidding you golf clubs arrived at my door today i didn't know they were showing up today i don't think it's going to go over well I don't think it's yeah. going over well. It was a complete coincidence, but golf clubs are right today. Get,
3: I got to tell you, Cammy got a big bag of air. Nothing. Oh, yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Same. We got I time. Mean, it's feathers, you got until
1: midnight. You got feathers, a lot of time, right?
0: Yeah, feathers around the household around here yeah. as well. I mean, you know, good. it's
3: just. Uh... It's
1: not, a, and it's that's two way street, right? I got the same thing. Hey, how are you? Good to see. You.
0: Yeah. Uh,
3: Exa- that was exactly, it. it was about 11 o'clock,
1: and I'm like, ah, it's it day. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. All right, buddy. We'll do it again soon. Thank you for this.
3: Uh, great to talk to you guys. Be well.
1: See you. You got it. Ray Ferraro, uh, ESPN hockey analyst. All right, Owen Tippett of the Philadelphia Flyers in about 15 minutes. Overdrive continues. TSN 1050 and on the TSN app. All right, Owen Tippett coming up of the Philadelphia Flyers. We get a little Valentine's bit at 530 you know we got to do something, right? Oh, we're yeah, we're bringing sure. something creative to the table. Doogie's been really working behind the scenes um considering it is Valentine's Day and a nice Valentine's gift for uh Steve Wilks, the defensive coordinator of the Niners, he was fired today. And that's great, right? There's no jobs left. The off season's over, you lose in the Super Bowl, that insult the injury 2 days later, 3 days later you get let go. It had been an ongoing story out there that it hadn't been a great relationship, him and Shanahan, but still, I don't think it's a great look for Shanahan either. He dropped the ball in the Super Bowl, and it's like, you're out. I'm still here, but that's the nature of the beast. Um, So more on that later this afternoon. Pitchers and catchers have arrived down in Dunedin. We'll get into that, too. Overdrive continues, TSN 1050 and on TSN 2.
0: You've been listening to Overdrive, powered by
3: FanDuel. FanDuel, bringing you everything from the opening line to the final score.